Welcome to Transformers, the podcast about how business people and policymakers are creating a sustainable future. I'm your host, Kai Embren. Today, my guest is Bo Frank, one of the key influencers in the city of Växjö and the one with the mission to make the city fossil-free in 2030. Bo is an outstanding promoter of fossil-free strategies. He has also great experience in regional, national and European politics. He was a mayor and vice mayor of Växjö from 1991 to 2016. He is now the president of the city council. His leadership is marked by his collaboration with all political parties and stakeholders to build the new model of governance and to give a more personal insight in Bo's life. He loves the Beatles. Welcome, Bo. Thank you so much. Peace and love. Växjö has called itself the greenest city in Europe since 2007. Why? Well, that year we was appointed as being the greenest city in Europe by uh, European media. But that's a story behind. As the first city in the world, we took a declaration in 1996 to be a fossil fuel-free city. And that was very unique. And since we started to cut our emissions from a low level, we have cut the emissions in the entire municipality area with more than 70%. So it was very important for us to be recognized already in 2007 as being the greenest city in Europe. And then, five years ago, we were also appointed by a European Commission as being the greenest city in Europe. So we are very proud of all international recognitions we have got. So if you look back and even look today and so far, which are the solutions that has been most successful to reduce emission in Vecqua? Well, I will start with number one. The mayor must be committed and the mayor must be in charge. That's very important. A committed mayor, a mayor who is devoted to the task, that's the most important thing. The other thing is uh, cooperation. And we have been very lucky because for the last 25 years, all political parties in the local parliament have agreed on all issues regarding environment, climate, transport, energy, etc. That is not only unique for Europe, it's also unique for Sweden, the cooperation with the political parties. And number three, cooperation with business life and the local university. So we have formed Triple Helix, we work very well together, and we also work with NGOs. And the ambition is to be a fossil fuel-free city 2030, and I think we're going to make it. When we look at different types of um, reduction programs, which do you think is the most important part to succeed, to reduce emission? If we think of yes. buildings, transportation, uh, your challenges. I can't say we have any challenges, really. But the most important thing is the locally owned energy company. We are, were the first 100% bioenergy production in Sweden. So the local company produces electricity, heat, calling, and also broadband for internet. And the entire city is connected to the bioenergy plant. So all houses are fossil fuel-free, no emissions at all. That's the most important thing, bioenergy. And maybe the second one is that we were also the first city in Europe, I think, to take a declaration about wooden constructions. Almost all houses, schools, 
houses for living, apartments, or wooden constructions. And wood is the only renewable building material. Concrete, for example, emits three times or four times as much as aviation. So we will also be in the future a wooden city and heated and fueled by bioenergy. That's very important. Then we have worked a lot with transportation. We have collaborated with business life and also reduced emissions from transportation. That is also very, very important. Number three, a cooperation with citizens and the local business life. The local business life, they are very proud to be located in the greenest city in Europe. And it's a very good thing to market our city as being the greenest city. Business life wants to stay in Vecchio. And we could also point to the fact that the local GDP in our city has been higher than average in Sweden, although we have cut the emissions of CO2 more than the average in Sweden. Some key factors for success. Is it any one of these areas that you feel that it is more challenges than compared with others? For future, we have to deal with transports, emissions from transports. We are putting a lot of money for new bicycle tracks all over the city center and out to the small villages outside the city center. We are expanding, increasing the uh, public transportations. All public transportations are fueled by biogas or by electrical buses. And we also have our own production of locally produced biogas. We collect organic waste from all citizens, all restaurants, schools, etc., And the organic waste, we make locally produced biogas to buses, public transports, and also to private cars. When you look at the relationship to other decision-making in the transport sector, you don't own all your rights to take decision of trains and infrastructure. It is important to understand why it's so much is possible in Sweden. You have to understand that Sweden is more or less the most decentralized country in the world. Almost all decisions are made at the local level. A city in Sweden is in charge of almost all public tasks except police, defense, universities and hospitals. All other public issues are at the local level. So maybe 60-70% of all local, all public spent money are spent by municipalities or cities. So to make it very easy, we have only two levels in Sweden, the federal level and the local level. And the local level is very strong. The local level is in our constitution since more than 200 years. So uh, we have the full toolbox to deal with energy, city planning, transports, and whatever. So how do you see the federal level? Are they supporting your decision-making? Yes, they've been supporting the local decision-making. And we have also just got, uh, during the past decades, a lot of money for energy transitions from European Union, also from the federal government. So there's a kind of competition between cities and municipalities in Sweden. Some cities have formed different climate alliances, and we also work on the international arena. So the competition is also important. If you look back and see when this process started to make Växjö to number one in Europe, to be the greenest city, How did you mobilize people and how have they been engaged under these years? Well, it has to do with the passion and commitment from the leadership. In the beginning of the 90s, we were quite young politicians from all the political parties. We were very interested in environmental issues. We talked a lot about environment and we predicted already in the beginning of the 90s 
that the green issue should be the key factor to develop the city. And we have agreed, all political parties, and that's still quite unique, and we still agree. And we work very well together with the Green Party. The Green Party is not very big in Sweden nowadays. And I think the reason is that all political parties in Sweden are green, more or less. That was an important part of how to mobilize the political parties in the beginning. And you still have that coalition and collaboration ambitions. Yes, we work well together with all political parties. And now we work also together with Agenda 2030. So the climate issue is now part of the Agenda 2030 program. If we look into your sort of governance model or sort of decision-making organization to run your city, how has that been developed under this year? Well, it has not developed because still the mayor is in charge of the climate protection issue. And that's very important because it should be the main responsibility for the mayor the highest leadership. If an issue is important, the mayor deals with the issue. If an issue is unimportant, the mayor is not dealing with an issue. So I think the commitment and passion from the leadership is very, very important. And on that level, you can also talk to the leadership of the university and to business life. But when you think about the role of the mayor and then you have the civil servant, which are organized in different types of committees, how have you handle this relationship between politics and civil servants? We have extraordinary good and well-educated civil servants. We have a free and open discussion. All civil servants can come direct to the mayor's office and propose different issues. And the um, climate protection issue is on the mayor's office. It has not been decentralized to another department. So the mayor's office is coordinating Agenda 2030 and all environmental-related issues, although we have different departments, of course. So, for example, the climate issue is uh, part of all committees' works? Yes, it's uh, part of all committees' work, and we want to be totally free from fossil fuel also in the city administration, in the operations run by the city. And in that case, I'm quite sure, I'm very sure that we're going to succeed. One of the things is uh, you can, as a mayor, cover most of the areas that you run by the municipality. But uh, you have also a lot of other stakeholders. You have universities, you have also the business side of it, and you have different types of, of companies and NGOs. How do you relate the city's work in this field with them as a stakeholders? Um, I can just give one example. In Växjö, we don't have an Earth Hour. We have an Earth Week. And during that week, we have developed a program with the university and the business life. And we try to engage almost all citizens in our yearly Earth Week. So the business life, they are very pro-environmental in Växjö and in Sweden in general. So it's very, very easy to talk to the business life. And in some cases, the business life are having more advanced program than the public sector. So it's very easy to talk to the business life and the local university is more also very important because there's a lot of research done at the local university. For example, research about bioenergy, about heating, how to take care of the forest, etc. So the cooperation is strong and very good. Sweden has a little bit of a unique situation when we talk about 
ownership of uh, local businesses, that you have an energy company who also are very much related to the municipality's work. Is that an advantage for you, that you have control over um, the energy distribution and uh, production? Well, that's very important. And sorry to say, some cities have been stupid to sell their energy facilities to big companies. We have not. We are proud to own our own energy companies. And some cities are also stakeholders producing electricity, heating and district coaling. So that has been of much importance. And there's also a lot of competition in the energy market. As a consumer in Sweden, and that's unique for Europe, I think we have the lowest cost for electricity in Europe. A consumer in Sweden can choose between maybe 150 electricity supplier, but only one net owner in each district. So the energy competition is advanced. And customers want to have clean and green electricity and energy. When we look at the citizens' engagement and involvement, how has that been developed under this year? We talk sometimes of top-down and bottom-up. How is that relate to the citizens? That's a tricky question because some citizens, of course, are complaining sometimes. For example, when we are making it more and more difficult for private cars, building new lanes only for buses, for public transports, people are in the beginning complaining. Why can't I use my car as I've always been doing? Why can't I park my car for a very cheap fee? So, of course, there's a discussion with citizens. But as soon as we have made a new solution, people tend to like it after some years. But I say sometimes when I want to be rude, a citizen can't complain to a political party because all political party agrees. But the way forward for engage the citizen, how do you look at that? The most important engagement is waste. Each citizen got at home eight different fractions to collect waste. So we want to recycle more or less all kinds of waste we have in the entire municipality area. And the waste citizens are really involved. 90% of the citizens that are collecting the organic waste in a special box. So citizens are really in charge and taking part in what's going on. Biking, more and more cities are using the bike lanes to use the bike, even in winter times. And one example how we like to promote biking is that when we sometimes have snow, we don't have that much snow today because of global warming, but when snow comes, we start to plow the bike lines before the roads for cars. When you look at other municipalities in Sweden and also Europe, how do you collaborate with them? In different ways. We are a proud member of the ECLEG organization and the leader for the Green Party is in the board for ECLEG. We have also been a part of Energy Cities since that organization started and I am a proud vice president of Energy Cities. Some cities in Sweden are members of ECLEG, Energy Cities, Union of Baltic Cities and there is also a network in Sweden for advanced energy cities for energy transitions. So some cities are involved in the networks in the international arena, European arena, and on the local national arena. So how important is this collaboration to gain experience for to reach your target? It's very important to see and learn from others and look for back practices. So I should say that the networks are important for all cities taking part in different kinds of networks. 
because all the time you learn from others and from best practices. You talk very much of the role of the mayor and you have a team of people from different types of committees in your municipality. What happens if someone doesn't reach their targets and you have a problem to get things done? That does never happen, but it could happen in the future. One idea I have got is to form some kind of advisory board for energy transition or for climate protection. I was attending a web meeting yesterday sponsored by the city of Lund in Sweden, and they have an advanced committee independent with people from the university, and they are making an annual report and make proposals to the city what to do next. And I also think it we should have that kind of committee also, independent from the city, people from research, from university, giving us new ideas. So this is a part of what you think development of decision-making process to be more yes. advanced in the work. We need more and more input because it's very easy to just relax. Uh, the fat cat syndrome is too easy maybe to relax. And we're saying, okay, everything is going on the right track, but there's always still more to do. So all kinds of input is very important. Often you come to question regarding investment. How is a green finance for your work? Well, I should say that sometimes I got the question, how much money do we have for energy transition? How much money have we got to fight global warming? And I always say that the whole city budget should be for sustainability and for climate protection. And when you look at your financing situation now, do you have the real the numbers that is necessary to take action? Well, Swedish cities are quite rich, but now the world also in Sweden is upside down because of Corona and COVID-19. So we don't know what will happen to public financing in future because so much money has been put into fight the Corona and the economy is not, well, it's better in Sweden than, for example, in southern part of Europe. But the Swedish economy is not very good for the moment being. But still, we plan to do all the investments we have planned. So I don't see any problems in the short run. So you have a good feeling that the corona crisis and the pandemic will not slow down your investment in necessary areas? Well, I hope it should be the opposite in Sweden, in my city and in Europe. Because if we have all the money we're put to fight corona, If we have put all this money for energy transition to fight global warming, then we could really reach our goals. So I think now is the time to spend more money for climate protection. And in the long term, it's also about to save them our money because economy and ecology are two sides of the same coin. If we don't work for climate protection, we will not have an increase in economy in future. Those issues are very much connected. You are very hopeful that you're going to reach your target of a fossil-free WEC 2030? Yes, I'm very hopeful for Sweden as a country and maybe for Europe. But we see some really ugly and bad experiences in other parts of the world. United States, China, Russia, Brazil. So I think Europe and Sweden should be a role model for other parts of the world. And 
I really hope that the European Union will focus to get a kickstart for a green energy after Corona. So the mayors should lead the world? <laughs> well, well, I remember that book by Benjamin Barber, professor of United States. He died some years ago. He wrote that Bible, If Mayors Rule the World. And he's predicting that mayors are taking more responsibility than the national leaders because mayors must act and do things to be re-elected. We are close to the citizens and we must produce, we must deliver every day. In the national parliament, you could discuss, but at the local arena, you must deliver almost every day, every week, 365 days per year. Thank you so much for your encouragement and uh, for uh, the really important work you are doing to connect different stakeholders. Thank you very much. Thank you.